What up, what up, y'all? It's your boy C's from We Made It Podcast. Welcome to episode 62. Not gonna lie to y'all, I'm kinda kinda emotional right now. That was a, that was a big game. Um, for me and my my, my uh, co-host Bam, my brother. Um, in the morning today we had Uruguay versus France, and then oh actually depending where you are in the world, but the first game was Uruguay versus France, and the second game was Brazil versus Belgium. As it's you know very obvious on the show, both of us are fans of these national teams that actually um, played today. Uruguay's BAM's team and Brazil obviously is mine. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't watch much of the first game. It was a little bit early, but you know, um, Uruguay lost. And BAM can, is going to be dropping a probably a very detailed, intense, great recap of that game. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and go in on this Brazil-Belgium game um, because, you know, I'm biased about it. It hurts. I'm not going to lie. You boy shed a tear. It sucks. And uh, let's get on it. So immediately, you know, the game starts off. Belgium sized up. And I will say this. I don't know who to credit for this. But it looked like originally they were running this weird. Belgium throughout the tournament. They're running this ugly three five I don't I don't know I'm not gonna I don't know I'm not gonna do it again I had it down I forgot what it was three five one two or something I don't know and they changed so they subbed out Carrasco who has been playing you know with hesitant lately and they put in Chadley who's been balling out and um he balled out against South Korea got that goal winning goal and it looked like it was more like a four two four you they kept two solid in the middle and kept four on top. And the four on top was a lot of pressure on Brazil. Because there were so many weapons up top. And it looked like Lukaku had a lot of freedom. Lukaku played with the most heart I've ever seen. Um, he was out there grinding, working. He was scary. It was it was insane. I don't know what Lukaku this was. But this Lukaku was next level. It was Lukaku I thought I saw originally. And maybe he's just trying to live up to the expectations I put on him. <laughs> But he was he was a monster. De Bruyne was clinical. And, and, and you know, I'm going to say this about the Hazard part. Hazard was, was on at times. But I thought Fagané did a great, great job. Or the best job he could. Being a guy playing from Corinthians. Guarding arguably the best EPL. If not one of the top five best players in the world. Shouts to, to Fagané. He's played an incredible tournament. I have nothing bad to say about him. He he showed up. And I'm, I couldn't be happier. Um... But yeah, Belgium was was putting the press hard on Brazil, you know, and I felt that this this is this is indicative of of how Brazil's kind of played at times. It's Brazil has shown some iffiness in the back line and in, in defense, but to be fair, they've been really good. You know, they've given up. They've only lost one game since I believe June two thousand seventeen. Um, the defense has been giving up barely any goals, but you could see. Where there were chinks. You could see the chinks. And, you know, every team has chinks in its armor. But you could see where Brazil could be exposed. I never thought Brazil was a perfect team. But I could see some of their issues. Um, And I'm going to keep it real, guys, with this episode. Um, This is going to be unfiltered. This is no cap recap. I'm post-emotional. That was an emotional game for me. I never yelled so much. Uh, I'm a pylon. I yelled on a lot of games, but that was that was emotional. It sucks to see Brazil go out like that. Um, but let's get in. Uh, let's get this in. Bel- 
but before I before I go in, shout out to Belgium. You know they played great, um, great team, a lot of talent. It was really crazy because when I was watching the game, I really noticed that this was a game full of talent. This this field, the pitch was full of talent. I mean, top to bottom, both teams were stacked. They looked amazing. Um, Belgium had Hazard and and, and De Bruyne and even uh, 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 Lukaku and you know there's players playing top teams. You know Fellaini and Vitzel used to play for Zenit, but now he's playing China. You know Count Company plays for Man City. It's a two-time EPL winner. You know they just got players. They got a lot of players, a lot of talent. Um, and Brazil also, you know, people say what they want. Brazil had a lot of pretty good players out there. You know we had. You know, the Firmino had a great year, Douglas Costa, Neymar, Marcelo, and uh, just countless players playing a top level. A lot of top level games sitting, you know, often on throughout the tournament, Brazil's been playing teams with some guys that were on top level, some guys that weren't. But this was just a, literally a team full of players, pretty much all. Actually, if I think about it, let me think about this. Every single player on that field plays in Europe except Fagner. No, 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 I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay, because, you know, Renato Gush should play. He plays in China. Vitzel plays in China. So, everybody plays in Europe. Major- not 90% Europe. Like, maybe one, two, two, three guys play in China. Two guys play in China. And one guy plays in Brazil. Damn. And, yeah, there's the goalie in the bench. He doesn't count. But the guy on the field, one guy plays in Brazil. That's incredible. Well, wow, what a makeup. That was, that was a great game. Um, hurt. Hurt a lot for me, but if you're a Belgian fan, it's great. It was, it was, it was what you wanted. You know, it's, it's incredible. I mean, that France Belgium semifinal is going to be intense. It's an intense rivalry. I don't know if a lot of people watched the friendly earlier in the year. Maybe it was last year between Belgium and France. It was, it was a uh, dicey. So it's, it's neighboring countries going to war on the field. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I'm excited. And I'm hurt because I wish Brazil could have been there, obviously. But let me go in on Brazil. And just before that, shouts to Belgium. They played great. Brazil, just from the top. Gabriel Jesus, I mean, look, we said it before and I said it last time we did this. His work rate, great. You know, bar none, some of the best work rate that you can see. You know, the guy... What he doesn't do and doesn't put in the goal, he makes up for hustling, works hard, runs around the field, gets it done, you know. And and it's really hard to kind of go at a player like that because, to be fair, he played he played relatively well, you know. He he did everything he could. You could tell he's hustling. But what is his main objective? Let's keep it real. What is his job? He is a striker. He is our nine. He's wearing the nine jersey. If Gabriel Jesus is wearing the eight jersey, I'd be like, you know, he played a pretty good game, ran back, made some things happen, but he's playing the nine. It's just, to be honest with you, it just can't go down where the nine has let, where Gabriel Jesus has started every single game for Brazil in the World Cup, has less goals than Firmino, who started no games. It just can't go down like this. It can't happen. You know, like, you have a job of responsibility to put goals in the net. Paulinho can't have more goals than you, dude. It just can't go down. And, and as much as I know Chichi loves Ajiba uh, Jesus, uh, and I do too, I love him. He's a great player. But he's just not getting the ball in the net. And he's not triggering. He's not. When he gets the ball, nobody thinks, oh, man, here comes the shot. That's not what we think. We don't know what to think. And I don't think he even knows. I think that's a problem. And I've 
gonna I'm gonna keep it real. I know what the problem is. It's because he plays at Man City. Say what you want about Man City having a hundred goals this year. Say what you want. What is Man City's main issue when you watch them play though? They just pass the ball way too fucking much. They make a third, fourth, fifth, sixth pass when by the third pass they need to shoot. They they just can't they couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done in Champions League. It's cool to win EPL and win out games against Bournemouth and whatever and beat teams, but Liverpool beat them. And and, and when they played in Champions League they lost. You just need to shoot the ball sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta shoot the fucking rock. And with Jesus, it looks like he's looking when he gets the ball, it looks like he's looking to create a shot. Rather than to just shoot it. Um, and that's a difference. That that's a different mentality. And I think that with Coach Under Pep, he's he's kinda instilled that on him. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I'm be real with you, I don't know if that's a good thing. Cause it almost looked like when they put Gabby Jesus wide. He started to become more comfortable. Like, oh, I don't have to shoot. I can just start creating stuff. He tried to create. And that's not the nine. That's not what we put him in the field for. So I think that this is something to look at in the future. You know, his time in, in Man City. Um, if it, Pep stays there and he keeps being like this, I think it's going to hinder his progress in being a nine. Now, if he can find a role where he can move around a switch and be something else, great. I think that he should kind of, if he wants to be a more creative striker, he should kind of look at Firmino's game because Firmino's game, I think Firmino does a great balance of creating in certain moments, but also shooting the ball. When Firmino came in the field, you literally almost felt instant offense that he he came on and it looked like he was, it was every time he touched the ball, either was going to make a pretty good pass or he's going to shoot the ball, get the ball towards the basket. Even when it wasn't a basket, the goal, even when it wasn't clean, he, he shot it. Now, I appreciate that. Get it over there. Get it going. Even though Courtois played the most incredible game I've ever seen, it doesn't make any sense. To get, the man has been whimsy, uh, horrible all year. I don't know if that's a word. To suddenly ball out, I guess. But yeah, I just I think Jesus he needs to really look into how he's going to be playing and how his style is going to be and what he's taking and learning from Pep, who like Pep likes to make players to fit his system, not create, not try to get. He doesn't try to get the best out of players. Pep likes to make get the best players for his system and 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 teach them his way to fit his tiki taka. So it's really an assessment. Look at Leroy Sané. Maybe Leroy Sané get called up because. He's just kind of doing Pep's system now instead of how Joachim Lowe wants to play. And I know Germany lost, and I don't think that's because Sonny didn't get called up, but it's something definite to look at. Next, um, I thought Willian played a pretty good game. I think Willian did what he could. Some of those crosses were really low, but to be fair with you, I didn't even really care about Brazil's crosses because I wasn't looking at crosses as the keys to the game. Um, I'm not really going to harp on Willian because he got subbed out pretty early and it was a tactical sub, which I appreciate from Chichi because Chichi is one of the few coaches in my life I've ever seen that does everything you would kind of want your coach to do. Oh, you gotta, he gotta make the sub, gotta make the sub. How many times they don't do it? He does it. I'm like, okay, that's, I respect that. He's definitely smart and he's, he's, he's not, um, uh, apprehensive. You know, he, he's, he fires off, he fires on, he makes his decision and goes for it. Um, I'm gonna save Neymar for a little bit. In a little bit, I don't want to get a Neymar yet because I got a lot to say about Neymar. To be honest with you, um, and it sucks because I don't want to be like constantly on Neymar. But you're the face of the team, so I'm, I'm gonna get to that. Um, 
You know, Paulinho, I think, did it good. I think Paulinho's work rate was excellent. Paulinho was hustling, trying, fighting. You know, he was big, and I think he got really tired. He was fighting a lot of big bodies out there. He's he's, pretty, he's a big guy, but it was definitely tough out there for him. Now, to be to to, and I think he was doing a lot to make up for a lot. What I felt like for Neil Fernandinho's mistakes, Fernandinho is just not that guy. You know, like he he got it, and he's good to have on the bench and a, tra- a training camp. You know, and, and practice, but. To be someone you count on to fill in a role, I just think is a lot. And I don't think he's really the guy for that. I think that it's something that also Brazil needs to look at. You know, Casemiro, losing Casemiro today was a massive. Um, Casemiro is 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 a staple in the defense. He's the first line of defense, and he's like the one of the most important defensive pieces. Um, he makes incredible tackles, even grit fouls, and he's a threat from range. I felt that Brazil needed this. Fernandinho was literally negative zero threat. Um, he was he was doing one job, and when it came to some passes, he was even messing up in that part. For, Casemiro comes from Real Madrid system. Having Casemiro be able to link up with Marcelo in the back line and mid, midfield would have been great because Marcelo came back today and came to play. He played with heart. Marcelo played beautiful. I, I, Marcelo deserves a hug and, and an honorable mention because that man came and did everything he could the whole time. He stepped up in Neymar's inconsistent appearances this match. Um, so uh, Belgium just you know when they started that lead, it was, you were seeing that Brazil was getting desperate in the state. The people who were not giving up and showing their effort were some of the backline players. And, of course, Marcelo. Marcelo going forward did not stop. Gigi did not stop. Neymar, on the other hand, it was... What can I say? I mean, it's really annoying because, you know, when you get a knockout phase, it's, it's, you don't want to say this, but it's starting to become a trend. Um, and Barcelona didn't happen. Um, when, when Barcelona was down uh, to PSG... A lot of people don't like to give credit, but Neymar was the one that stepped up and was going all out. Now, the thing is, was it because Neymar wasn't the focus? Um, I think everybody in the world, even when he was in Barcelona, can acknowledge that Bar- Neymar is, is is dangerous and elite and obviously the third best player in the world, without a doubt. But what happens when he's the focus of the team? What happens when you keep knocking him, hitting him? Bam made a point earlier in the year that he takes too much damage, too many hits, and you know, people getting injured. It's it's something I've gotten injured a lot of my my sports life and 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 just regular life, I guess. Not not just inside sports, outside sports. But how much of that is your own fault? Um, how much of that do you need to feel sympathy for? You know, if Neymar was hurt this game, if it's accumulation of being the most fouled. It's it's indicative of his play style. You know, I uh, uh, think is Dwayne Wade. Early in Dwayne Wade's career, he was doing the craziest moves and flying around and bouncing off people, hitting the ground. He was always on the ground all the time. His motto was fall seven times, get up eight. Well, by 32 years old, 31 years old, Wade slowed down considerably. He did. Yeah, Wade, Wade's won championships, whatever, but he slowed down considerably, and he's had to adjust his game. And yeah, he wasn't able to create a three-point game, but that's not what it's about. Neymar needs to adjust his game. You need to make a style that that can, not not necessarily to get rid of your style because your style is beautiful. But is it beautiful to be getting tackled and hurt and hit? 
you know, I don't know. How I, he got hit a lot. I'm not going to say that, um, you know, he shouldn't be feeling any pain. But it, when you get hit a lot, you know, it starts to become your fault because you know what you're getting into. You got to push wide. You got to create spaces in different ways, you know. I saw that he was trying to make penalties happen. Um, you know, it's just what can you do? If your style adheres to getting hit, then it's just going to keep happening. And then when it comes to a knockout phase, how are we going to rely on you? How can we count on you? 2014 World Cup. Neymar gets gets a, gets uh, uh, targeted by Zuniga, who just retired yesterday. Good. Bye. Fuck off. Um, Zuniga uh, jumped in and need him in the back. Neymar's out with some random back injury. I don't know. He's out for the World Cup in Brazil. World light on Neymar. Young guy. You know, gold hair. Wearing, he was wearing swim trunks under his shorts. You know, he's, I'm this guy. I'm cool. I'm doing life. And I'm not trying to sound like some old school soccer hater. But, I mean, you know you know what you are, dog. You're putting this light on yourself. You're doing this. You got the, you're doing the hair and stuff. You're trying to, you you got to live that life. You know, and it's a, it's a tough road for all these stars. Eden Hazard. How, how many times have people gotten on Eden Hazard for not scoring? For not doing this, not doing this? It's just, I'm starting to run out of words because it's just, it's kind of mind-boggling to me that that this is a, a, a current snap for the PSG game, a PSG Real Madrid. You know, the first PSG game, he was kind of whatever, and then this, he gets hurt in a, in a Marseille game on a, on a on a challenge that didn't need to happen because you were just you were you weren't thinking, you were just doing what you wanted. You weren't doing what you weren't playing the system. You weren't playing the game. You're just doing what you wanted, and it makes you wonder. You know, does the PSG was the PSG move honestly like the best thing for him? And not to say, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I sound like a hypocrite. I was extremely happy about him going to PSG. But everything, every decision in life can have a drawback. Every major move in your life can have a drawback. Yes, maybe we get to see Neymar unleashed. But to what extent? What does the unleashedness mean? What does it mean for his education as a footballer going forward? Where is he going to move from here? How is he going to evolve and grow and adapt? His game needs to reflect that. We need to see an evolution of Neymar in terms of him being someone a country can rely on, people can rely on to pr- produce results. You know, the Costa Rica game, you, you cry in midfield after beating Costa Rica. You know, but but there's there's some, and I'm I'm not like you said. You know, a lot of people don't know what I went through to get through here. Whatever, dog. Look at that. We had Belgium. This game, it looked like from the get go, he was at 50, 60, 70 percent. I didn't see no real speed. I saw bursts. If one thing I know about injuries, injuries, the ones that you can go through, it's only his adrenaline. So he got, let's say, the ones you go through, you can like kind of show your your good speed and good ability still, but you're still not 100%. When he got uh, the, the penalty that didn't get called in the box, you saw his adrenaline was going. He was hyped about it, and he was trying to get the ball going and move forward. Normally, Neymar... He's trying to sell it, argue, upset. He was very fired up this World Cup. And this one, he was just trying to get it going. It looked like he almost knew that his adrenaline was a lot. He wasn't feeling any pain, so he wanted to keep this adrenaline going. And he tried. He, he, he tried going again for like three minutes. Then he and then he disappeared again for another 10 minutes. Inconsistent. You know, this is the guy with the 10. You know, people are looking at him, and all I'm seeing is outlet passes from him. So if you're injured or if you're, if you're not in, if it's not because you're injured and you're nervous, you got to cut that shit out, man. 
Like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe we'll never know what's going on with Neymar. It might just be an injury and we're going off. But if it's not because of the injury, if you're not going to do it, people like, like I'll give respect. Douglas Costa came out there and today and came to ball. He came to ball today. He came out there and was like, I'm going to do everything I can to win. And I'm going to run in everything. He did it all. Even G. Jesus, who the whole game didn't make no shots. He almost had that uh, uh, nutmeg on Vertonghen, the worst defender in the world. And almost got a, and what should have been a penalty. I don't know how that's not a penalty. You make no ball contact in the box. I don't give a fuck. That's a penalty. You VAR'd for no reason. Shout out to the Serbian refs, though. That's what's up, man. Serbian refs. Get, get life going. Serbian refs doing a Belgium-Brazil game. That's what's up. Yeah, it's just it's just frustrating because, you know, you really want to count on this player. This is the one of the best players in the world. And, you know, in the show, we spend a lot of time because, you know, me and Bam watch a lot of Neymar. We watch Legon. We watch, you know, Common Bowl qualifiers. We know what the guy's capable of. We know what the guy does. It's it's annoying that keyboard warriors and people and, and analysts that don't watch games, you know, see a highlight of him diving and think that that's all he does. And, and they don't understand his skill and talent. They're all like, it's really, it's really annoying because you want to ride for the guy, but in moments like this, it's like, wow, like, are you really about this life, though? Are you? Yeah, so that was that was hard to stomach. Shout out to Belgium it's again, you know. Um, good luck to them in the tournament. You know, Brazil, I don't know where Brazil goes from here. I think Gigi's a wonderful coach. I hope he stays. I hope things stay together um, and they rebuild into the future. Um, there's a lot of talent that's coming up for the next World Cup. Um, but do we also do? I don't know if they'll be ready, but a lot of talent in positions that Neymar plays and other players play. And not to say Neymar's position is at risk, but there's a lot of talent out there. And in the game, I think that you need it. You need to have people. You need to have a team around you that's going to have the fire that Marcelo has, the that 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 um Douglas Costa has, players that need want to go get it. Um, Coutinho, without a doubt, I think overall out of the games they played, played the best out of everybody in the tournament. I think he does. He's the best player of the Brazil tournament. Now everybody wants to ride and say Coutinho played great today. He's doing so good. I disagree. I don't think Coutinho had a good game today. He was also inconsistent. Um, he made a lot of errors and he missed an, a golden opportunity, which I don't expect him to make. But I expect him to at least get on frame. That was rough. Um, Hanato Gusu looked like he shot the ball for the first time in his life today. Whiffed a wide open shot. Um, if he made that and he scored two goals to tie Brazil, oh my God. <laughs> that would have been absolute madness. But unfortunately it didn't happen and, and, and you can only you, you can only do so much, you know. You can only ask so much of a player. The guy comes off the bench, fills in a role. Um, I was actually first. I thought he came in for a deal, but I guess for a deal in the game. So I don't really remember who he came in for. But um, a lot of players stepped up today in moments in which it needed that needed to happen. Marcelo and Neymar's inconsistent inconsistency today, and and he missed. He of course had an incredible save on his shot, but Neymar being on and off today, Marcelo was on the whole time and stepping up. You know, Neymar got moved pushed in more. It was a good tactic move by. Um, Gigi to put Firmino and Neymar in the middle and then put Diablo Jesus wide until they got Douglas Costa in. So kind of like they switched into like a 4-4-2. And it was great because you got to see Marcelo come up even more. And Marcelo was able to really um, 
do what he can to try to make things happen. But, you know, for me, you know, everybody, it looked like every single shot was getting a foot or ball or hand in front of, and it was really, really irritating. Um, for me, being a Brazil fan, of course. But, you know, what can you do? Next stage is to begin. Um, France-Belgium should be an amazing semifinal. Um, is this this World Cup is, is really weird to me, especially considering we're going to have all European teams now. Uh, that's weird. But, you know, what can you say? <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it was meant to be this way because, um, you know, I'm not going to get into that because I want to get Chubb. Bam's going to yell at me. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys listening. Sorry if this is kind of a weird recording. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit post-emotional right now. That was a lot to take in. Just like you guys have feelings too. No robot. Um, looks like all I got to... looks like it's time for me to get ready to watch some ICC. You know what I mean? Some, uh, some international uh, uh, soccer preseason matches. Woohoo! And uh, I'll catch y'all later. Make sure you guys go to WeMadeItPodcast.com. Check out all the episodes we got. WeMadeItPodcast at gmail.com. If you guys have anything you want to inquire about. Belgium. Uh, France. Semi-final. And then the next game. We have Sweden playing England, I believe. And Russia playing... Uh, I forgot. Who's Russia playing? I don't know. Whatever. Bands are going cut this part out. Stay up, y'all. Keep it locked. Make sure you guys keep listening to We Made It Podcast. Love y'all. Hit the donate button. Social media, We Made It Podcast. I'm out. Hey, episode 62, We Made It Podcast. Me and Caesar are doing another remote episode. He has already recorded his. I have not listened to it. This is Bam, in case you didn't know. I haven't listened to his his, uh, section of the episode uh, I'm sure it's great emotional day for the both of us. Um, I'm sure it's going hard. Um, his his was first, I'm sure. I haven't listened to it yet, so I can't say. But his was first. Now you're listening to me talk about the uh, quarterfinal game today. We had Uruguay versus France and Brazil versus Belgium. Got so, so much to cover. So I want to let y'all know, recording here in Southern California, it is... 118 degrees right now where I am 118 and I do not live in the desert trust me uh it's wild out here it's hot uh I'm drinking some hot coffee so maybe I'll see how long I can last this episode um but yeah so many things want to cover in these games you know I take detailed notes um I am a big Uruguay supporter my favorite player in the world is Cavani, Edinson Cavani, my boy, my favorite guy. uh, Pardon me if I uh, take some little pauses to drink this coffee. I'm an addict and I have to uh, make sure I don't get a headache. But yeah, um, that was the first game of the day. Woke up early for that. Woke up, alarm went off 645. Torture to watch watch a soccer game that early. Um, But let's get into it. Uruguay versus France coming into it. You know, um, in the game, Uruguay versus Portugal, Cavani had an amazing game, but he ended up uh, catching an injury. I think it was a calf injury. Um, he should have called um, Pastoria about that. But like, hey, dude, how do you deal with a calf injury? Well, he never deals with his. He always has them. So I guess that wouldn't have worked. But uh, was throughout the week, was kind of up and down whether Cavani was going to play. We weren't sure. And then, you know, a little bit before the game, 
They said he's probably not going to play. He'll end up being on the bench. But it was basically he wasn't going to be able to come in. Um, I'm sure it was really hard for him. He's very rarely hurt. Um, He knows a lot of those guys on the field, played against them, plays with a few of them. Um, So, yeah, that was coming into the game. I didn't really have very high expectations for Uruguay playing without, in my opinion, their best player. A lot of people would say that Suarez is their best player. I think Cavani is their best player for a while. Whether whether or not whoever's scoring the goals, Cavani's the guy on Uruguay, in my opinion. Also, in my opinion, best center forward in the world. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the game. Oh, also, uh, France started Tolisso um, instead of Matuidi, who was uh, out with yellow cards. <laughs> Uruguay started. <laughs> Stuani in place of Cavani, and that is rough. <laughs> um, not to say like Stuani's bad, but like he's just not very dynamic of a player. He scored some goals for Girona this year, but I mean, honestly, I would have rather have seen Maxi Gomez up there or just kind of put uh, Diarracheta, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and, and just kind of one, maybe run some kind of like 4 2 3 1. Uh, formation with Suarez at the top. That's hard because you need Suarez to distribute the ball. Anyway, um, not going to get into every single second. Fourth minute, Uruguay had the first um, real scoring chance. Uh, (laughs) In the 13th minute, I wrote that the ref was yelling at Suarez about flopping. Um, In the 14th minute, I put that Pogba had a couple, had like a couple fouls. Like he, he didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have that great of a game either, I thought, Pogba. But it's not hard. It's not easy to play against um, Uruguay. Oh, God, there was a, an 18th-minute Jimenez. Oh, he passed the ball out of bounds in his own half. I was so mad. Um, in the 27th minute, I wrote that Uruguay had net possession in like six minutes. Um, oh, Mbappe was giving uh, uh, Lexalt that work. I mean, he's going to give anybody that work. I, I didn't feel that Lexalt had a terrible game against him, though. Like, Mbappe was kind of doing his thing on him, but he wasn't, like, making it into, like, real real scoring chances off of him. So I wasn't, like, too mad about that. Um, 38th minute, uh, Betancourt, midfielder for Juve, fouled. Damn, who did he foul right outside the box? Ooh, I want, maybe it was Griezmann. I can't remember who he fouled right outside of the box. He got a yellow card for it. Mm. Betancourt is a Tezzi's guy. And I think he's a good player also. Well, that foul right outside the box, uh, not, not right outside, but outside the box, led to, in the 40th minute, a goal by Rafael Varane, uh, Real Madrid center back, off of Griezmann's pass on the set piece. Uh, it, it was tough. It, it, he, he got up there. He, he, you know, he's a big guy. He, he's good in the air with his head scoring goals. I knew it was going to be a battle, a battle of set pieces, but it, like it also Uruguay's missing one of their better guys in set pieces with Cavani. So, and I'm talking about defending set pieces as well. So yeah, France went up one zero in the 40th minute off Ron's goal. 59th minute, uh, after halftime, 59th minute, Maxi Gomez came on for Stewani, and Saboya Rodriguez came on for Betancourt, probably because he had a yellow card, even though I don't feel like Betancourt's having a bad game, he did get that yellow card. Um, uh, right after that, 61st minute, you know, up until that point, like, Uruguay wasn't playing bad, but it's just hard, you know, like, you know, I'm probably going to be the only person really talking about Cavani being their best player for real, 
But and, and, and I'm not just saying that based off of what happened at Portugal, but he's really their best player. He's the most dynamic player. He's their most athletic player. He's he's a forward that defends a lot. He's really good in set pieces, defending and scoring on set pieces. Um, good in the air, good with both feet, fast, just dedicated. And when you're missing like that energy, like he hasn't, he has he has some things that Luis Suarez does not have. Um, so when you're missing that energy, like it's just going to be tough for you. You know, I would imagine it was hard for the Uruguay guys to get as you know pumped up. You know, I hate to say it like this, but seeing Stuani out there, but whatever. Sixty uh, first minute, Griezmann scored the goal. Mistake by Musleta. Um, Griezmann kind of just, you know, sometimes you just shoot the ball and see if see what's going to happen. Oh, this, this goal reminded me a lot of Bale, uh, Gareth Bale's goal in the Champions League final against uh, what's the guy's name in Liverpool? The goalie Kieran, Kieran something, or maybe his last name is Kieran. I, I can't remember. But uh, that that last goal that Gareth Bale scored, he just kind of shot it from outside the box. Just basically, let me just get it on frame and see what happens. And the goalie got his paws to it, but he made a mistake. Same thing happened here. Griezmann kind of just shot the just you know, it's an open lane. Let me just shoot it, see what happens. Uh, Musleta got both hands to it and it bounced off and went in. Um, Musleta is a very good goalie. He doesn't make very many very many mistakes. Um, I've actually never seen him play for Galatasaray for real. Like I've, I've seen Galatasaray play a little bit. I've never really seen him like perform from Galatasaray. Not like I'm ever really looking out for goalies like that, but, um, that was a bad mistake. Um, that can happen, but you don't want it to happen in a situation when it's a knockout game. Um, so yeah, at that point, two zero for France, with about 30 minutes left to play, um, 69th minute, um, wait, who did I say? Oh, oh 69th minute, um, Mbappe and Saboya got uh, yellow cards. Mbappe went down easy, and it became kind of a little bit of a scruff there. Um, I, I put that Uruguay didn't just didn't have any like a threat, in, no offensive threat in the box for a header, um, and that that's important. And we'll see that when we talk about Brazil game. Um, the rest of the game, uh, Jimenez was crying before the game was even, <laughs> before the game was even over. And I question that because I think, okay, so Jimenez is crying before the game's over. I, you very rarely see that. Okay. Now when Cavani got injured, I think that Cavani got injured while he was, while they were celebrating his second goal against Portugal. And I wonder if it was Jimenez running over and jumping. I don't even know if Jimenez played that game. Like I'm not even. I don't even remember if he was out or whatever. But maybe he was crying. He felt bad because maybe he was the one in that in that when they jumped on each other that injured Cavani. Because I do think Cavani got injured while they were celebrating that goal. Anyway, um, game ended two zero to France. I was sad. I love Uruguay. Um, and it was it was just it was really emotional for for those players. You know, Uruguay is a small nation, three million people. It's forgotten. I call it the Canada of South America. Um, they have a great history when it comes to uh, football, but they're the underdogs no matter what because it's only two uh, only three million or so people in Uruguay. Um, they produce really good players. Um, you know, they're not super marketable because they're from a small nation. 
you know, there's Argentina right there, there's Brazil right there, which they border both of them. Um, but they 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 give it their all. They fight hard and they and they play really well when they, when they want to. Um, Uruguay's got a lot to do in the midfield still. I do think that they improved from like early in the qualifiers when it comes to the midfield. But they still have some work to do in the midfield. But, I mean, I guess you'll have some time to do that. I don't know when qualifiers start or when the next kind of, like, friendlies are, but whatever. They 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 they, they can hold their heads high in their performance. They took down Portugal, at least. Um, and they, 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 you know, they played defensively. They, they played their game. That was the early game. Um, not too much controversy in that game. Most people expected France to advance because Uruguay is missing Cavani. I don't know. If they didn't think that, then whatever. But I thought that. Oh, before I continue to the Brazil-Belgium, apologies for the coffee drinking. Check us out. WeMadeItPodcast.com. At WeMadeItPodcast on all social media. Um, WeMadeItPodcast.com does have a donate button if you want to click that. Anyway, let's get into the game, the big, 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 big game, big Brazil versus Belgium. Uh, it was, you know, it was one of those games going into it where you just don't know, you know, you really don't know. But I did expect Brazil to advance because, you know, off top, I'm just like, you know, Brazil's a better team. Um, so let's start in the beginning. Shadley started and Fellaini started. Um and they put uh, Dries Mertens on the bench. Uh, Marcelo came back uh, for Brazil after his uh, little bit of injury. And uh, Casemiro was suspended through yellow cards. So Fernandinho started. He did have a bad game. Uh, <laughs> I, di- I still did a little bit of my William tracker. Just, just, I feel bad about it. But it, just because the uh, Brazil stats dude would be talking shit about William all the time. I'm kind of like, let me, let, me, let me see. Because... I never really noticed William for the national team as much as I noticed him for Chelsea. So, and and I don't think that Brazil stats do really watch him at Chelsea for real. Like, I don't know, but I mean, he blocked me on my personal Twitter, but um, he always talks shit about William. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he's talking shit about William that playing for Brazil and let me like pay more attention to William playing for Brazil. Um, in the first and the third minute, he did lose the ball out of bounds. I was like, come on, William, you're going to do that again. Um, in the sixth minute, I did put that Fellaini should have been shown a yellow card. Um, and I did notice Roberto Martinez, the coach of Belgium, speaking English to Fellaini. I thought that was funny. Well, 13th minute, uh, Belgium got their first goal off a corner by uh, Vincent Company scored. Well, actually, well, Vincent Company got his head to it, and then it came off of Fernandinho's arm. It ended up being called an own goal. But I don't know why they do that. Just give the goal to Vincent Company, dude. Come on now. Um the, after that, the game was kind of going back and forth. And then the 31st minute, Kevin De Bruyne off a counterattack. Um, Lukaku drove it down the field. I feel like somebody just kind of let him go. I want to say it was Fernandinho. It was somebody that just kind of like didn't really defend Lukaku very well. And um, Kevin De Bruyne was, was, got the ball on the right, put in a beautiful shot, finished it in the left left corner. Um yeah, 2-0. After watching that Japan counterattack where that where Belgium won the game, I had a feeling like, you know what? I feel like Belgium's going to kind of like try to push that more because they're real like they got played out the park by Japan. Like playing football, like Japan outplayed them. 
So I felt like after that, they're probably like, you know what? Like, let's see what we can do more with that. Because if we're getting outplayed by Japan, like, maybe this, like, trying to play football thing isn't necessarily for us. We got Witzel in the midfield and some other bum. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, um, yeah, I, I felt like they were trying to do that more. Um, so, yeah. Oh, what does that say? Oh, I wrote that uh, Fagner wasn't getting involved enough in the attack. And I feel like that was, like, an issue ever since Danilo went down. Danilo is gonna like Danilo's gonna get more involved with the attack. I feel like he's more confident. Um he played for Real Madrid, you know what I mean? He plays for City now. He's not that good technically, but I feel like he kind of has the confidence to just get up there and mix it up anyway. Fogner stays back, dude. Like I don't know if it's just because he's kinda like timid or uh, Chi Chi's telling him to stay back. Or what, but he doesn't get involved with the attack very much at all. Like, you always see William, and like, Fagner doesn't even come for the overlap very often. I'm like, damn, dude, like, you, you think Fernandinho's gonna come overlap? Or pa- like, when Paulinho kind of went over there for the overlap a, a couple times with William, I'm like, you don't want him doing that. Like, it was very interesting to see Fagner hardly ever, and, and I'm talking about all the games he played, get involved with the attack. There was a couple times, I wanna say in the last game, where he pushed, he pushed the line some. But he wouldn't get involved, like he like he attacked with the ball, but just kind of getting involved with the attack itself, he didn't really do that very often. Uh, in the 45th minute, I wrote that Brazil has no offensive threat for headers in the middle for the cross. Like, you don't have to play with the center forward. I mean, obviously, okay, Gabriel Jesus is a... Gabriel Jesus is a center forward. You don't necessarily have to play with that guy, but I just feel like with soccer, like you, a lot of goals come from crosses into the box. Even if the guy can't head it in, like he can kind of threaten the header and like maybe it falls and somebody can get that rebound and put it in. Brazil's playing without a threat. Gabriel Jesus is not a header threat. Even if he is, he wasn't playing like that while he's playing with Brazil. He's playing with his foot to the floor, like, let me let me play football with Neymar and, and Coutinho and William and every, everybody. He's not really playing like, let me get in here, push the line, and, and be a threat on the cross. Like, he just really wasn't, and I felt like that's where they were lacking. I don't think it's because he's too small, necessarily. I just feel like he wasn't playing that way. And I've said it million, many times... I think Brazil should have just put Paulinho as the center forward. Just put him up there. Not like coming up to, like a- along with them. Like put play a 4-3-3 with Paulinho as the center forward. Because you need some height and some power. You got Vincent Company and Arduveld and whoever else is back there. You need some, some size and some power and somebody can get their head on the ball. You don't necessarily need, you got people that can play football. You got continue, you got, everybody can play football in Brazil, but you need somebody, and, and including, probably is not like a super, super guy playing football, but you got to have somebody in there that can get Marcelo's cross or Neymar's cross. Like you need that. Anyway, um, halftime, it's 2-0. Firmino came on for w- 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 William um, at halftime. 47th minute, um, Otterweld got a yellow. Neymar, at some point he got tired. I, I wrote it that he got tired in the 76th minute, but I want to say he got tired a little bit before that. 
Um, okay, 53rd minute. <laughs> okay, 53rd minute, <laughs> Neymar went down in the box. Okay, the ref waved it off. Like, I got to get into bargain on these next two plays. Okay, if Neymar goes down in the box, you're, you're the ref is saying it's not a penalty. And he told him to get up like, no, you know it's not a penalty type of thing. If it's not a penalty, then give him a yellow card. Give him a yellow card. It's simulation. If you're telling me he went down the way he went down and it wasn't a penalty, it is simulation. Give him a yellow card. Like these refs are so inconsistent. Okay, two minutes after that, 55th minute, there was a shout for a penalty on Vincent Company on, I want to say, Gabriel Jesus. That was absolutely a penalty. Absolutely. Vincent Company took his legs out. And it was a damn penalty, and there's no VAR. I don't know if the ref is listening to somebody in the VAR booth when he like puts his finger to his ear, but he didn't stop the play to go look, and I'm like, I just don't understand what VAR is. VAR is making it hard for us to make to make to, VAR is making it hard for us to feel like these refs are objective. When there's a like I don't care if, like, if the ref makes a bad call or a non-call or makes a call when there's no VAR, I can say, like, okay, yeah, he messed up. He, I'm I'm okay with saying a ref made a mistake. But I'm not okay necessarily with the ref having the ability to go look to see if he made the right call and they don't do it. Like, you got you to gotta be consistent. If you're not going to know how to use VAR, I'm really upset that they have VAR at this tournament if they're not, if they don't really know how to use it. Like, Know how to use it before you bring it in a tournament like this. It's too much big of a, it's too big of a deal. I'm still mad about Harry Kane's non-penalty. That was not a penalty. We're about to have England playing in the semifinals or the quarterfinals. Harry Kane literally like England did not score a goal in that game. Colombia scored a goal. Harry Kane's was not a penalty. Um, when I was listening to Maradona talk about it, he said that the, that ref in the uh, Columbia England game did not look at VAR. I don't know if that's the case, but when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yo, that's not a penalty on Harry Kane. It's literally not. I don't know how the hell somebody can look at VAR and say that's a penalty. Or I don't know how somebody could look at VAR and not and look at this uh, Vincent Company situation on Gabriel Jesus and say it's not a penalty. What is going on? I want to feel like the ref is human and that there's making mistakes. I don't want to feel like the ref could possibly be cheating. I don't want to feel like that. I remember uh, Barcelona PSG when Barcelona beat the dog shot at PSG 6-1. I watched that game top to bottom. After the game, I don't really be checking Twitter and stuff during the games. After the game, I saw so many people, including... Um, the owner of PSG saying that the refs dogged them out. I'm like, damn, for real? Like, I didn't feel like the refs dogged you out. I feel like there were some 50-50 calls that didn't necessarily go your way. I felt like you guys just lost the game. Like, you can't blame the refs for them scoring six goals. Like, I'm sorry, dude. But if the, the ref didn't have VAR, whatever, like maybe I remember like Mascherano cleated kind of uh, Di Maria. Like if, if, the, if there would have been VAR 
and I would have seen like the two plays or whatever that could have that should have been penalties, I'd have been like, yo, I gotta be, I gotta question that now. If it's the ref by himself, the ref can make a mistake or the ref can be like, it's not that serious. But when you have a, the ability to go look at a replay and it's questionable, you have to do it. And then if 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 your point touching your ear like somebody told you something, they're telling you a goddamn lie. Or if you're pretending and nobody told you anything, or if you go look in that booth, I'm like, then what did you see? Because everybody can see this except for you. Anyway, that should have been a penalty for uh, Brazil. 58th minute, Douglas Costa. You know, honestly, after I see stuff like that, I'm just like, there's no way they can come back. Um, 58th minute, Douglas Costa came off for Gabriel Jesus. Douglas Costa was turning up. Um, let me skip. 76th minute, I did put that Neymar looked tired. Uh, but also in the se- uh, 76th minute, um, oh yeah, Renato Agusto came on for Paulinho in the 73rd. He came with 76th minute, he scored. Off a little nice header, uh, pa- uh, assisted by Coutinho. Coutinho did something similar with Paulinho, um, whatever game that was. Um, in the 84th minute, I did. Uh, Coutinho was looking tired before that too. Um, in the 94th minute, there was a great save by Thibaut Courtois on Neymar. It was, actually, I want to say it was a great save. Like it was a good save. It wasn't great. They 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 blew it up on <laughs> Fox or whatever. Um, he had a save before that on Coutinho. I'm like, it's not that serious. It's a good save, but he's a long dude. Like he should save that. Like it ain't like it ain't like it wasn't some impossible save. Um, anyway, game ended two one to Belgium. Um, I'm not gonna front. Like it sucks that there's no more. Uh, <laughs> it sucks that there's no more Latin teams in the World Cup. I mean, for me, it sucks. Like I'm just gonna be real. Like I I want at least one Global South team in the World Cup, like in the semifinals, and we're not gonna get that. And you know what? I'm going to blame Messi for that also. We had Argentina, like, we, we're, we're sitting here and we got the so-called best player in the world. And, you know, they shouldn't have beat Nigeria. Like, they, they, they got lucked up for Nigeria. But you lost to France. And I'm just like, damn, dude, like, we had the opportunity to have, like, Portugal could easily beat Uruguay. Like, Uruguay doesn't have to beat Portugal. Like, everybody's looking at Argentina like, hey, you got messy. Like, you should beat France. Like, why the hell not? Uh, but now we got no uh, teams in Latin America repping. Like, there's no Western Hemisphere teams. It's literally all, well, we got one Asian team. Russia is an Asian team. I don't care what anybody says. I know they're in UEFA, but that's Asia. Um, and they're treated like Asia. So, um, yeah, it's shaping up. More and more tomorrow we have some more games. Um, who is it? Sweden, England, terrible. And Russia versus Croatia. I don't even know like if I'm gonna watch those games. Like I guess I am, but I don't want to. Um, I, then uh, on Tuesday I want to say we have uh, France versus Belgium. Is that gonna be a good game? Absolutely. It's two very very good uh, teams. Well. There's two game, two teams with very good players. Obviously, uh, France didn't bring one of their better players, Kondobia, and, and Belgium didn't bring their arguably best player, uh, Roger Nangelin. But um, that's going to be a good game. Great players on either team. I don't hate either team. Um, I wasn't necessarily going for either team, but I don't hate either team. It's exciting. They got some good young players. Hazard is a baller. He deserves some credit in this game, too. Hazard plays his ass off like... Damn, can I say this? Hazard 
Hazard is kind of like, damn, can I say this? Okay, you want Neymar to be a little bit more like Hazard. Like, they're both very skilled. They both can, you know, do a lot with the ball. Both strong. Both, like, got tricks and moves. Fast, athletic. But Hazard is a little bit less with the bullshit. And Neymar is with the bullshit. Like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Neymar is not with the bullshit. Like, he does, he, like, it, it's, it's going to be tough for him. And, and you know what? Also, too, in the We Made It Awards, I think that was episode 50, We Made It Awards, I gave Neymar the You Need to Turn Up Award because I said he's, I was like, Neymar needs to prove himself. He did a lot when he was with uh, Barcelona. He left Barcelona. He didn't have, he had a good season with PSG. Not some amazing season with PSG. Um, as somebody who watches PSG games. And I was saying that this World Cup, he's got to perform. Now, I didn't remember, I don't remember what I said, like, as far as, like, where Brazil needs to get to for them to perform. But I was like, you know, they need to perform because Neymar's the guy. Ne- the story out of this World Cup is Neymar flopping, dude. It's all about Neymar flopping. You can't have the narrative be like all like all you did was flop and y'all ass go out in the quarterfinals. You had to at least get to the final. Like you had to get to the final with all the 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 play play shit you did. You had to get to the final to to so you so at the very least you can shut everybody up and be like, "Yeah, well, I was flopping, but at least we got to the final or won the final." Somebody can forgive you not winning the final if it went to penalties. You, we can't forgive no 7-1 in the finals. But, you know, if it went to penalties, y'all didn't win. Or if, like, you got some bad calls here and there. Like, somebody can forgive that in the final. But not the quarterfinals. Not the quarterfinals, dog. You can't be going out the same time as Uruguay. Like, you can't. You cannot. And that's on Neymar. That is on Neymar, dude. Because you're the face of the team. You're the big global superstar of Brazil. You you want the attention. You got the attention. The biggest transfer in the world. And you had to get past the quarterfinals, especially with all the rolling on the ground and screaming and all. I'm not saying, me, Bam, I'm not saying that what Neymar was doing with the flopping necessarily. I'm not even saying, I'm not even trying to say that he was flopping. But that's the narrative. And people don't care about the truth. Like, the narrative is what it is. Everybody's thinking about Neymar flopping around. And if you ain't flopping around and winning then it's going to be tough for you. I don't know what he's going to do. Like, honestly, like, there's so much stuff they're going to say about Neymar, and I feel bad for the guy because he's a good player. Um, Actually, I don't feel bad for him, whatever. But it's going to be turned up in the media about Neymar. And I don't know, like, what he's going to do with all that negative attention. Um, I don't know if he's going to try to transfer to Real Madrid, if if, if, uh, Ronaldo goes to Juve. I'm not sure. Uh, But, man, like, maybe Real Madrid don't want him now, you know? I don't know if Brazil's turned against Neymar after that, after uh, going out in the quarterfinals. People had high expectations with for Brazil. They're a good ass team. They got legacy, and they had to they had to improve on last World Cup, and they didn't. They went out earlier. They didn't get blown out, but they they went out earlier. I wonder if, if somebody would say, hey, would you rather get, go, go into the next round and get blown out or just go in this quarterfinal? That's a good question. I wish I could ask Caesar that. But he's not with me right now. Um, but yeah, like, Neymar's got a lot to prove this coming season because people are going to be like, yeah, your World Cup was shitty. They're going to say his World Cup was weak. 
He didn't have a goal this game. He didn't have an assist this game. Uh, last game, who'd they play? Ooh, how did I forget? How, how did I forget already? Um, they're going to say Neymar had a weak World Cup. And it don't matter what the truth is. It's just what they say. They're going to say Coutinho outplayed him. They're going to say Paulinho outplayed him. Like, they're going to say, like, no, like, Coutinho's a big... They're going to try to, like, change the narrative on Neymar. People already hate him. And I'm curious to see what Caesar has to say. Um, I'm actually really excited to listen to his uh, episode because he was more emotional than me. Honestly, I'm so happy I didn't watch that game with him because (laughs) Caesar, Caesar gets turned up and it would have it would have sucked watching like Brazil go out to Belgium with him. Um, the game that I've been the most hyped over was Colombia England, and I feel I, I like I could feel like Caesar was feeling how I was times ten uh, for this game Brazil versus Belgium. But yeah, uh, games coming up tomorrow: Sweden versus England, Russia versus Croatia. I, I think it's tomorrow or Sunday. I'm not sure. Um, then after that, we got Tuesday, uh, France versus Belgium. Uh, we're going to be recording an episode right after that. Me and Caesar uh, probably going to watch that game. Maybe I don't know if we're going to watch the game together, but we'll record right after that game, dropping it right after. Uh, you know how we do. We made a podcast. Subscribe. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. Tell your friend about this podcast. If you catch me on Twitter spamming, please forgive me, but you know, a closed mouth don't get fed. We got to spread the word for the best football podcast in the world. We got to do it. Um, hopefully some big moves coming up soon. If they are coming up soon, we'll probably be deleting a lot of these old episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, keep it locked. We made a podcast.